More PSYOPs, they won't stop. Elon at the border and 18 years in prison for tweets. Not kidding. All that and more coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Friday. It's Friday. Yay, we made it through another week. And I got all that and a ton more stuff coming up tonight. Headlines from the news that uh, mostly just make you sit there and shake your head and go, what the f- is going on? Seriously. All right, while I got your attention, please don't forget a couple of quick things. Right over here is a follow button. If you wouldn't mind, just hit that. It's free for you, absolutely free, and it really does help the show out a lot, really. Thank you for that. Thanks to those of you who have done it already. And if you wouldn't mind, just take a quick second and hit the follow button. It's over about there. So, I Also, our live chat is open. Anything you want to talk about, promote say comment on whatever it might be uh we're watching the chat and you can uh, put your comments in there and we'll chit chat with you if you like no problem love to hear from you and also coming up of course we will continue on with uh, william golding's lord of the flies all right right now our show brought to you in part by the good folks at blackout coffee at work on duty this is an american coffee company that cares about our values. Be awake, not woke. Get some coffee with some values. This company, Blackout Coffee, yes, and there even is a Dan Bongino blend. (laughs) This company cares about American values, family, hard work, personal responsibility, respect, traditional American values. But you know what? All that's not gonna do you any good if you don't make a good product. Blackout Coffee makes a fantastic product. Folks, I drink tons of coffee. This is the cream of the crop. They source premium specialty green coffee beans. They're grown at the right altitude, the right temperature, great soil. They work with local co-ops and American farmers to produce these beans. And they have a small batch roasting process. That means when you place your order, within 24 to 48 hours, the beans are roasted, packed, shipped out to you and you get them another whatever it takes to get them delivered to your door three four days that's fresh roasted beans throw away that crap garbage coffee you've been drinking you don't know how long it's been on the shelf you don't know when it was roasted get yourself a real american company coffee uh, from a company that cares not only about our country but cares about making a great product also a fantastic line of cocos and teas there too if you're not a coffee drinker Use our link. It's in the show notes down there. And uh, you can get a great deal when you check out because I got you a promo code. It's especially for this show. When you check out, use promo code J20, J-A-Y-20. You'll get 20% off your first order. That is a hell of a deal. J20 is the promo code to use at Blackout Coffee. Just buy a single bag. That's all you got to do. You don't have to get out and place a million-dollar order. Just a single bag of coffee, just to give it a try, and trust me, you'll be back, because it's just really that good. All right. 
up, up and away, psyops continue, more psychological warfare propaganda crap. One of my favorite followers, General Flynn, said, the truth doesn't need a commercial. The truth is what it is. They have come out with yet another piece of vaccine propaganda bullshit. This is from Inversionism, at Inversionism over on X. More psychological warfare propaganda masquerading as an advertisement for criminal pharmaceutical companies. You watch this video, you will be creeped out. I'm creeped out. Trust us, trust us, trust us. Get vaccinated. You know who says trust us? People you shouldn't trust. That's who says trust us. It's survival of the wisest, folks, and this clot shot is unbelievable. Take a listen to this. We are your doctors. You trust us. You trust us. You trust us. You trust us. You trust us with your life. You trust us with those you love. So trust us when we say, get vaccinated against COVID-19. The vaccines are safe. They are proven to work. You may have wanted to wait, I get it. But don't wait until it's too late. Trust us. Trust us. Trust us. Trust us. Who is that? Find a COVID-19 vax location at myshotcookcounty.com. Uh, Cook County Health, Government, and Public Health. That's who produced this bullshit commercial. I mean, just the lighting, the way they're delivering the lines, this is like scary toast. And trust is about the last thing I would ever associate with this. These are doctors. These are not actors. They're doctors who I'm going to guess is making how many thousands or tens of thousands of dollars getting paid off from Big Pharma. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Trust us. Trust us. <laughs> it's like a Big Brother commercial. And why do you need a commercial if your product works? Which it doesn't. They suppressed information about ivermectin, about hydroxychloroquine. They could have saved hundreds of thousands of lives. And yet, they wouldn't let anybody talk about it. And people died. Trust us. Yeah. I don't think so. Frightening. Absolutely frightening. All right. I kind of gave you a tease that wasn't fair. I said 18 years in prison for tweeting. It is true. A woman has received 18 years in prison for tweeting. But it didn't happen here in this country. It happened in the place that probably executes more people than any country on earth. No surprise here, Saudi Arabia, murdering bastards. 
Saudi Arabia, whose ass we somehow continue to think we have to kiss, has sentenced a teenager to 18 years in prison. Severe sentence of an underage Saudi Arabian schoolgirl by the kingdom's legal system. Drawn global attention raised significant concerns among human rights advocacy groups, I should hope so, the Saudi Specialized Criminal Court sentenced 18-year-old Manal al-Jafiri to 18 years imprisonment for her social media posts advocating for political prisoners. Alquist, a human rights organization that monitors, documents abuses in Saudi Arabia, boy, they must be really busy, exposed her situation to the public. This epitomizes the continuing suppression of free speech in Saudi Arabia. Digital activism on platforms like Twitter, under the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's quasi-rule, rigid cyber activism sentences have been amplified. The government's effort to staunch criticism through strict punishments like 18 years have created a chilling effect. Don't get any ideas, U.S. government. We're not going to let that happen. Basically, their society over there just has no ability to express themselves. They have no right to free speech. Unbelievable. At the time of her arrest, she was 17. She has since turned 18. Saudi authorities continue to chomp on the vibrant expanse of social media, creating an atmosphere of fear. Two prime examples highlighted recently a death sentence against Mohammed Al-Ghamdi, a retired teacher because of his comments on Twitter and YouTube. No, I'm not kidding. He made comments on Twitter and YouTube and they sentenced him to death. Unbelievable. Keep kissing Saudi's ass, though. Why? Because you want their oil? We got our own oil. If Biden would just let us actually go get it, we're living on a sea of oil. More than we would ever need. I don't think we're going to make it another year with this moron. Or whatever Democrat is ruining the country. Even after Biden falls down the stairs and resigns. New York is handing out free toilet paper. No, it's not. Well, it is for the illegal migrants, illegal immigrants. Uh, but it's not necessarily what you think. New York Democrats are going to distribute flyers that tell illegal immigrants to go somewhere else. Where on earth, where on God's green earth did some idiot come up with, you know what, Democrats, that's all you have to say. New York City, one of the most expensive cities in the world, you're better off going to someplace more affordable.
They're going to make these flyers and they're going to hand them out to the illegal immigrants. And that's why I said basically they're making toilet paper because that's exactly what the illegal immigrants are going to do with these flyers. According to Bloomberg, the flyers dispersed to illegals in New York shelters and at the U.S.-Mexico border in an attempt to dissuade them from coming to the concrete jungle that is New York City. <laughs> Contents of the flyers warn illegals that you will not be placed in a hotel. NYC, one of the most expensive cities in the world, you're better off going somewhere more affordable. And NYC cannot help you obtain a work permit and you will not be able to easily find work. There's the little flyer which they're going to hand out to the illegals, both at the shelters in New York and at the U.S.-Mexico border, to which the illegal immigrants, like I said, are just pretty much going to use it to wipe their ass with, because that's about all it's worth using for. Here's an interesting one from the post-millennial. You know, you saw that idiot today, right? The you know, this ridiculous... Could the Democrats have picked any more stupid Democrats to represent themselves on this uh, impeachment inquiry? Honestly, it's just embarrassing. They spent more time talking about Trump as opposed to Biden, and they continue with this bullcrap that there is no proof, which obviously we know there is a ton of proof. There is no proof. And this moron today, horseface, Competing with AOC, I think, for Mouth of the South. All Joe Biden did was to love his son. Well, why wouldn't you love your son? Hunter Biden believed the IRS investig investigation would go away once Joe took office. Yeah, that's the headline from the post-millennial. The House Ways and Means Committee producer has an email uh, from Hunter saying he expects all this stuff to go away when his dad becomes president. <laughs> In documents released, released by the House Ways and Means Committee Wednesday, a couple days ago, revealed Hunter Biden expected the IRS investigation to pretty much end. One email sent September 22, 2021, an IRS employee revealed he had been contacted by a CNN producer regarding Sportsman. That is the code name given to the Hunter Biden investigation. Producer has an email saying he expects it will all go away. Ways and Means Committee also released a message in which Hunter Biden once again refers to his father as the brand being sold to his business partners. One message from June 6, 2017, Hunter writes, Bullshit, James. All around bullshit. Explain to me one thing Tony brings to my table that I so desperately need that I'm willing to sign over my family's brand and pretty much the rest of my business life. Read the effing documents, people. 
There it is. Read the rest of the details in the article. It's from the Post Millennial. It's right there in our show notes. You're not going to want to miss this crap. There's no proof. Where's the proof? Ah, man. Also, Post Millennial article. This is a great one. Bipartisan. That means, you know what that means. The bipartisan House and Senate rejects Biden's ban on school hunting and archery programs. We covered this, yes. We covered this back when it first came out. That was a few months ago, actually. And talked about the ridiculousness. Late Tuesday night, House of Rep, nearly unanimous vote approved legislation that strikes down the Biden admin's decision to block federal funding from school programs offering shooting courses. The House voted 424 to 1, wow, in favor of Protecting Hunting Heritage and Education Act. 216 Republicans, 208 Democrats voted in favor of the bill just one lawmaker, Texas Democrat, Veronica Escobar, voted against it. And shortly after the House passed the bill, the Senate passed it unanimously. Hunters and fishers are the best conservationists, said Rep. Mark Green. He introduced this bill August 1st. Hunting, whether it be with a firearm or a bow, is one of the most effective ways to control the wildlife population, protect our beautiful lands, and connect with nature. My Protecting Hunting Heritage and Education Act is critical for our children. Not only teaches them the proper, safe way to use firearms, bows, but gets them the experience. So they're not afraid. Your, your child should not be afraid of firearms. They should have a very healthy respect for firearms, but they should absolutely not ever be afraid of firearms. Denying them the ability to experience that is a mistake. And thankfully, both the House and the Senate said Biden off. <sighs> You still using Google? What did I tell you? What I tell you? What I tell? What I says? What did I say? I said extract Google from your life. I know it's very difficult, nearly impossible to completely get rid of all these things. These idiot companies uh, pump into our phones and our laptops and everything else. But if you have used Google to search anything ever. I have. Of course I have. Everyone has. The police are going to know about it if they want to. And it doesn't matter if they suspect you of committing a crime. Yep. User data has become a favorite police shortcut. Investigators are increasingly using warrants to obtain local and search data from Google. Uh, location, rather even for non-violent cases, and even for people 
who had nothing to do with the crime they're investigating. <laughs> One morning, January 2020, Robert Potts loaded up his SUV for a trip to the police academy in Raleigh, North Carolina. Started warming up the car, his mind was on the exams, went back into his apartment, grabbed his lunch, and when he returned, the SUV was gone, along with a rubber training pistol, a set of handcuffs, and a portable radio. Raleigh cops found the SUV by lunchtime. Potts was distraught. Losing your gear is very bad form for a cop, especially a rookie. And the thief walked off with some of Potts, uh, including the most sensitive item, the radio. Someone could use that to disrupt police department communications, make false reports. Potts' supervisors reassured him, said, we'll take care of it, don't worry about it. Potts returned to focus on his exams, completely unaware of the early morning blunder and what all of that had set in motion. The Raleigh PD was able to remotely disable his radio, ensuring their communications remain uncompromised. But the cops weren't ready to let the matter go. In their determination to recover the radio, they capitalized on two cutting-edge investigative tools available to local law enforcement, both made possible by Google. Within days of the theft, the Raleigh PD sent Google a search warrant demanding a list of people who were in the neighborhood when this gear was stolen. They also secured a judge's order for the company to identify anyone who Googled Motorola APX 6000, which was the model of the radio. He figured, you know, the thief was trying to figure out how it works. He might have Googled how to, you know, Motorola APX 6000 or any similar phrase. Google handed over the user location data. They maintain one of the world's most comprehensive repositories of location information. I've shut mine off a long time ago. Connections to Wi-Fi networks, cellular towers. Police say these warrants can unearth valuable leads when detectives are at a loss. But officers frequently have to rummage through Google data on people who have nothing to do with a crime. And that is precisely what is worrying privacy advocates. Traditionally, American law enforcement gets a warrant to search a house or the belongings or the car of a specific person, keeping in mind they have to justify the warrant for a judge to sign it. When they go to Google and say, give us the data on everyone who was in this area between this time and that time, if you were there, had nothing to do with anything that was happening, all your data is getting sucked up and delivering right to the cops. You like that idea? That make you happy? It's happening. And according to this article, read the whole article. According to that article, it is happening more and more and more. Cops are beginning to absolutely rely on this every time they investigate a case. 
Well, Elon made a little trip today. I'm sure you probably saw it. He did a couple of live X broadcasts. He goes to the border and leaves stunned. Elon's quote is complete madness. Oh, you got that right. Wow. Here's some uh, some pictures from the border. What's going on down there, which is basically an invasion. Unbelievable. Billionaire entrepreneur Elon Musk stepped away from running Tesla and SpaceX and X to see exactly what was happening in uh, Eagle Pass, the U.S.-Mexico border. He left visibly stunned by the madness that was engulfed, not just at the border towns, but cities nationwide. Rep. Tony Gonzalez, a Republican from Texas, he uh, invited Musk to travel to Eagle Pass. 28,000 residents in south-central Texas that has seen as many as 2,000 people arrested every day for coming into the U.S. illegally over the past few weeks. This was a first for Musk, not a politician, but drawing attention to the crisis at the border, which is a good thing, since Biden and all the rest of the Democrats choose to completely ignore the invasion going on at our southern border. So, good on Elon. Makes it into the news, publicizes it, lets people know. If you are one of those Democrat numbnuts who just wants to sit around and believe that oh there's no problem the border is secure maybe that'll wake you up i doubt it i sincerely doubt it but eh, maybe these people <sighs> hmm. another great article from red state the balls of some people i mean watermelons a thief get this a thief returns to the scene of the crime because they dropped their handphone and they want it back. No, I'm not kidding. Unbelievable. There you go. Last week, two women allegedly shoplifted about 600 bucks worth of cosmetics from a Murrieta, California, nail supply store. But they left behind their cell phone. Not only worth more than the stolen goods, but apparently contained the alleged thief's driver's license and credit card. When the shop, the shoplifters returned to the store to demand the phone, things went downhill very fast. One of the two women who allegedly shoplifted returned minutes later to demand her cell phone, police say. Store owner offered to exchange the phone for the goods they stole. You bring back my goods, I'll give you your phone. Suspects then apparently allegedly assaulted the store owner prior to leaving for a second time. <laughs> Unbelievable. There are surveillance cameras. There is surveillance footage of what happened. And this woman just thought she was due. 
greedy, entitled, moron. I was going to say moronic. Unbelievable. Hey, yeah, I just stole 600 bucks worth of cosmetics and I want my phone back. And then she assaults the store owner. Doesn't say what happened, although I'm sure she'll probably get released and will do absolutely no jail time at all. After all, it's California. Oh, yeah. Good old California. <laughs> I got one more for you. And this is a... <laughs> it's quick. It's about seven seconds. That's it. So watch quick. I'll let it roll a couple times because it's funny. I always like to end with some funny piece or poignant or heartwarming bit of little video. Have you ever seen a tiger sneeze? No, I'm not kidding. Have you ever seen a tiger sneeze? Watch. Now you have. <laughs> There's actually sound. sound. Hang, Hang on. on. Let me, me play, play it with, with the sound. sound. <laughs> that. That is a powerful sneeze. So, the next time somebody if it comes up in conversation says, Have you ever seen a tiger sneeze? Now you can say, yes, as a matter of fact, I have. You see, you see, we solve your problems on this show. All right. Hey, uh, get yourself a VPN. NordVPN has a great deal. You'll find out uh, about it if you ch check the link out in our show notes. These days more than ever, you know, we just talked about the whole Google thing and that nightmare. You need yourself a VPN. Do not go online without a VPN. Please sign up with NordVPN. Get an amazing deal in three months free. And uh, all the other great sponsors we've got, including, of course, Blackout Coffee. We love to death. All right. Ready for a book? I'm ready for a book. We're reading Lord of the Flies from William Golding. Uh, when was Lord of the Flies published? Hang on just one second. I forgot. Uh, oh, 1954. Wow. All right. It is a brilliant book. We've done uh, George Orwell's 1984. We also did um, we did Animal Farm. And now we're doing Lord of the Flies. We are into Chapter 2, and we will continue now with William Golding's Lord of the Flies. Ralph waved the conch. Shut up! Wait! Listen! He went on in the silence, borne on his triumph. There's another thing. We can help them to find us. If a ship comes near the island, they, they may not notice us. So we must make smoke on top of the mountain. We must make a fire. A fire! Make a fire! At once, half the boys were on their feet. Jack clambered among them, the conch forgotten. Come on, follow me. The space under the palm trees was full of noise and movement. Ralph was on his feet too, shouting for quiet, but no one heard him. 
All at once, the crowd swayed towards the island and was gone following Jack. Even the tiny children went, did their best among the leaves and broken branches. Ralph was left, holding the conch, with no one but Piggy. Piggy's breathing was quite restored. <sighs> Little kids, he said scornfully, acting like a crowd of kids. Ralph looked at him doubtfully, laid the conch on the tree trunk. I'll bet it's gone tea time, said Piggy. What do you think they're going to do on that mountain? He caressed the shell respectfully, then stopped and looked up. Ralph, hey, where are you going? Ralph was already clambering over the first smashed swatches of the scar. A long way ahead of him was crashing laughter. Piggy watched him in disgust, like a crowd of kids. He sighed, bent, laced up his shoes. The noise of the errant assembly faded up the mountain. And then, with the martyred expression of a parent who has to keep up with the senseless ebullience of the children, he picked up the conch, turned towards the forest, and began to pick his way over the tumbled scar. Below the other side of the mountaintop was a platform of forest. Once more, Ralph found himself making the cupping gesture. Down there, we could get as much wood as we want. Jack nodded, pulled at his underlip. Starting perhaps a hundred feet below them on the steeper side of the mountain, the patch might have been designed expressly for fuel. Trees. Forced by the damp heat, found too little soil for full growth. Fell early, decayed, creepers cradled them, and new saplings searched away up. Jack turned to the choir, who stood ready. Their black capes of maintenance were slid over one ear like berets. We'll build a pile. Come on. They found the likeliest path down and began tugging at the deadwood. The small boys who'd reached the top came sliding too till everyone but Piggy was busy. Most of the wood was so rotten when they pulled it broke up into a shower of fragments and wood lice and decay. But some trunks came out in one piece. The twins, Eric and Sam, were the first to get a likely log, but they could do nothing until Ralph, Jack, Simon, Roger, and Maurice found room for a handhold. Then they inched the grotesque dead thing up the rock and toppled it over on top. Each party of boys added a quota, less or more, and the pile grew. At the return, Ralph found himself alone on a limb with Jack. They grinned at each other, sharing this burden. And once more amid the breeze, the shouting, the slanting sunlight on the high mountain was shed that glamour with strange invisible light of friendship, adventure, and content. Almost too heavy, Jack grinned back. Not for the two of us. Together, joined in an effort by the burden, they staggered up the last steep of the mountain. Together, they chanted, One, two, three, and crashed the log onto the great pile. 
Then they stepped back, laughing with triumphant pleasure, so that immediately Ralph had to stand on his head. Below them, boys were still laboring, though some of the small ones had lost interest and were searching this forest now for fruit. Now the twins, with unsuspected intelligence, came up the mountain with armfuls of dried leaves and dumped them against the pile. One by one, as they sensed the pile was complete, the boys stopped going back for more and stood with the pink, shattered top of the mountain around them. Breath came evenly by now, and sweat dried. Ralph and Jack looked at each other, while society paused about them. The shameful knowledge grew in them, and they did not know how to begin confession. Ralph spoke first, crimson in the face. Will you? He cleared his throat and went on. Will you light the fire? Now, the absurd situation was open. Jack blushed, too. He began to mutter vaguely. You rub two sticks. You, you, you rub... He glanced at Ralph, who blurted out the last confession of incompetence. Has anyone got matches? You make a bow and spin the arrow, said Roger. He rubbed his hands in mime. Psst, psst, psst. A little air was moving over the mountain. Piggy came with it in shorts and shirt, laboring cautiously out of the forest with the evening sunlight gleaming from his glasses. He held the conch under his arm. Ralph shouted at him. Piggy, have you got any matches? The other boys took up the cry till the mountain rang. Piggy shook his head and came to the pile. The other boys took up the cry till the mountain rang. My, you've made a big heap, haven't you? Jack pointed suddenly. His specks, use them as burning glasses. Piggy was surrounded before he could back away. Here, here, uh, let me go. His voice rose to a shriek of terror as Jack snatched the glasses off his face. Mind out, give them back. I can hardly see. You'll break the conch. Ralph elbowed him to the side and knelt by the pile. Stand out of the light. There was pushing and shoving and pulling and cries. Ralph moved the lens back and forth, this way and that, till a Glossy white image of the declining sun lay on a piece of rotten wood. Almost at once, a thin trickle of smoke rose up, made him cough. Jack knelt too and blew gently, so the smoke drifted away, thickening, and a tiny flame appeared. The flame, nearly invisible in the first bright sunlight, enveloped a small twig, grew, enriched with color, and reached up to a branch which exploded with a sharp crack. The flame flapped higher, and the boys broke into a cheer. My specks, howled Piggy. Give me my specks. Ralph stood away from the pile, put the glasses into Piggy's groping hands, 
His voice subsided to a mutter. Just blurs, that's all. I can hardly see my hand. The boys were dancing. The pile was so rotten and now so tinder dry, whole limbs yielded passionately to the yellow flames that poured upward and shook a great beard of flame twenty feet in the air. For yards around the fire, the heat was like a blow and the breeze was a river of sparks. Trunks crumbled to white dust. Ralph shouted, more wood, all of you, get more wood. Life became like a race with the fire and the boys scattered through the upper forest. To keep a clean flag of flame flying on the mountain was the immediate end and no one looked further. Even the smallest boys, unless fruit claimed them, brought little pieces of wood and threw them in. The air moved a little faster, became a light wind, so that the leeward and windward side were clearly differentiated. On one side the air was cool, but the other the fire thrust out a savage arm of heat that crinkled hair on the instant. Boys who felt the evening wind on their damp faces paused to enjoy the freshness of it, and they found they were exhausted. They flung themselves down in the shadows that lay among the scattered rocks. The beard of flame diminished quickly, and the pile fell inward with a soft, cinderly sound. It sent a great tree of sparks upward that leaned away and drifted downward. The boys lay panting like dogs. Ralph raised his head off his forearms. Well, that was no good. Roger spat efficiently into the hot dust. What do you mean? There wasn't any smoke, only flames. Piggy settled himself into a space between two rocks and sat with the conch on his knees. We haven't made a fire, he said. What's any use? We couldn't keep a fire like that going, not if we tried. Fat lot you tried, said Jack contemptuously. You just sat. We used his speck, said Simon, smearing a black cheek with his forearm. He helped that way. I got the conch, said Piggy indignantly. You let me speak. The conch doesn't count on top of the mountain, said Jack, so you shut up. I got the conch in my hand. Put on green branches, said Maurice. That's the best way to make smoke. I got the conch, Jack turned fiercely. You shut up! Piggy wilted. Ralph took the conch from him and looked around the circle of boys. We've got to have special people for looking after the fire. Any day there might be a ship out there. He waved his arms at the taut wire of the horizon. And we have a signal going. They'll come. They'll take us off. And another thing. We ought to have more rules. Where the conch is, that's a meeting. Same up here as down there. They assented. Piggy opened his mouth to speak, caught Jack's eye, and shut it again. Jack held out his hand for the conch and stood up, holding the delicate thing carefully in his sooty hands. 
I agree with Ralph. We gotta have rules and obey them. After all, we're not savages. We're English, and the English are best at everything. So we gotta do the right things. And he turned to Ralph. Ralph, I'll split up the choir, my hunters, that is, into groups, and will be responsible for keeping the fire going. This generosity brought a spatter of applause from the boys so that Jack grinned at them and then waved the conch for silence. We'll let the fire burn out now. Who would see smoke at nighttime? Anyway, we can start the fire again whenever we like. Altos, you can keep the fire going this week and troubles the next. The assembly assented gravely. We'll be responsible for keeping a lookout, too. If we see a ship out there, they followed the direction of his bony arm with their eyes, we'll put green branches on, and then there'll be more smoke. They gazed intently at the dense blue of the horizon, as if a little silhouette might appear there at any moment. The sun in the west was a drop of burning gold that slid nearer and nearer the sill of the world. All at once they were aware of the evening as the end of light and warmth. Roger took the conch and looked around at them gloomily. I've been watching the sea. There hasn't been the trace of a ship. Perhaps we'll never get rescued. A murmur rose and swept away. Ralph took back the conch. I said before, we'll be rescued sometime. We've just got to wait, that's all. Daring, indignant, Piggy took the conch. That's what I said. I said about our meetings and things, and, and then you said shut up. His voice lifted into the whine of virtuous recrimination. They stirred, began to shout him down. You said you wanted a small fire, and you've been and built a pile like a hayrick. If I say anything, cried Piggy with bitter realism, you say shut up. But if Jack or Maurice or Simon, he paused in the tumult, standing looking beyond them, down the unfriendly side of the mountain, the great patch where they'd found Deadwood. And then he laughed so strangely that they were hushed, looking at the flash of his spectacles in astonishment. They followed his gaze to find the sour joke. You got your small fire all right. Smoke was rising here and there among the creepers that festooned the dead or dying trees. As they watched, a flash of fire appeared at the root of one wisp, and then the smoke thickened. Small flames stirred at the trunk of a tree and crawled away through leaves and brushwood, dividing, increasing. One patch touched a tree trunk and scrambled up like a bright squirrel. The smoke increased, sifted, rolled outward. The squirrel leapt on the wings of the wind, clung to another standing tree, eating downward. Beneath the dark canopy of leaves and smoke, the fire laid hold on the forest and began to grow. Rut-row. 
All right, we'll keep going on uh, Monday's show and uh, continue on with this story. Looks like they've started themselves a nice forest fire. <laughs> Not a good thing. All right, folks. Hey, don't forget to pop by and visit all of our great sponsors. You get some great deals on stuff you need. Don't forget Blackout Coffee also. Hit that follow button over there. It helps the show out, and it's free for you. Enjoy your weekend. Spend it with people you care about, and I will see you on Monday. <laughs>